This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm joined by my friends, Sydney and Jane. Hi, ladies. Hey, Jill. Hello. Today, we are talking body positive books for kids and teens, which Yay. I'm happy to say there are a lot more of them now. Yes. So, many more. <clears throat> so actually, before we get started, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did not run this by either of you beforehand, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and do it. Um, before we get started with our list, I did want to sort of ask about your experiences with this type of thing when you were kids. Like, we are all of a similar age, I think. Yeah. And so I'm curious what exposure, if any, good and bad, that you remember from childhood about books dealing with anything related to this. Oh, my God. I mean... So I am a little bit older than both of you, not by a ton, but enough to be like, like we all remember the Scholastic Book Fair. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. we may not have all been watching the same Saturday morning cartoon. So I feel like that's a good fair. range of where we are. And I thought about that a lot because I, for this episode, in preparation for this episode, I read a pretty wide range of books. I typically don't read a ton of kid lit anymore. I don't have kids of my own and I'm not reading to my friend's kids because they're all a little bit older now. So I did some preparation for that and thought, well, if only these books had existed when I was a kid. Some of my favorite books that I remember having any kind of fat bodies in were um, A Bat and Bunk Five and The Pistachio Prescription. And fat was such a bad word. Fat was such a bad thing. And I I would say I took notes and I would say like 85% of my notes as I was reading the youngest um, of these books was straight up sobbing. I cried through most of this reading because the representation is so loving. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, wouldn't this have changed some things? <laughs> what about you, Jane? I had the exact same experience. I remember there being fat people in books, but never in a way that I, um, number one, never in a way that I remembered them as an example of how to be, you know, they were always Mm -hmm. like a peripheral character who was being bullied or who was the butt of jokes or who was the comedic relief. Um, honestly, I remember when I was a kid, um, I didn't have a lot of examples of fatness around me. Um, You know, we had the Goonies, we had Chunk. And I remember when he pulled up his shirt, I was like, I look like that. (laughs) Um, We had, you know, we had like some super villains who were chubby or fat, but I don't remember ever opening a book and being like, oh, wow, here's a character that's amazing and that I respect 
and they're also fat. Yeah. I also don't really remember picture, picture books no. that had, you know, like there, we had all kinds of, like my parents were pretty liberal with us when we were kids. So like we had all kinds of books about like the body and this and that. Yeah. And they never really, sh- they just showed thin bodies. Yeah. Um, I, when I was about 13, my mom gave me her 1979 or whatever it was copy of Our Body, Our, Our Bodies, Ourselves. Oh, I remember it well. And I read it literally front to back in like a weekend. I was just like studying it. And I, there was, I believe, a chapter in there on bodies, but I, and I don't quote me on this, but I feel like it was it had a slant to it a little bit, like how to keep your body healthy. And mm-hmm. it wasn't more like accepting <clears throat> your body as it yeah. is. So I'm sure they have revised and, and changed that. So I'm sure the newest version of that is a lot better for kids. Yeah, nowadays. probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was thinking about this question, literally the only book I could come up with was Blubber by Judy Bloom. Oh, yes. Same. God, like that tough. was, that was it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, which yeah, not good representation. Not great. Nope. And not the great main like and like I'm like the narrator pro- like protagonist of that book is named Jill. She's not the fat oh, one, but she's yeah. like participating in yes. the bully. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's what I had. <laughs> great. Yeah. I could yeah, I could not. They're definitely not picture books. I yeah. couldn't remember any other any other books no. where there was like fat characters and especially books aimed at me at that age. Like yep. it wasn't until I was in my twenties in like the early aughts when more at least adult focused books about yeah. Yeah. being more like embracing of your body started to come yeah, out. But even then it was but like, then, yeah, it was like cute at a size 12 <laughs> or like, you know, 12. Bridget Jones, who we all know like, oh, was not God. fat. It was not right. fat. Right. right. So it was very like, it was cheeky at the time and it felt good, but it was also not super positive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. Because like, to your point, they would use words like healthy that was coded as uh, thin, which yes. is what yes. they really meant. Yeah. 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 There's nothing I love more than being able to sit and talk to people and just use fat as a neutral word. Right. Yes. And not worry that it's going to be immediately followed by you're not fat you're beautiful right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean no and both listen nobody's didn't say arguing, i was ugly i was gonna say nobody's <laughs> arguing the latter look at me but you know yeah exactly yeah <clears throat> so this was new it was like revisiting childhood retrospectively and just having an adult emotional response which was yes. fascinating Sydney I had the same experience and I was talking to my my boyfriend and I was like I'm gonna have to bring this to therapy <laughs> seriously I just so hilariously I just had therapy yesterday and I was telling my person <laughs> what I had done for Christmas and I'm pretty sure Jill knows this but Jane I'm sure you don't that after a long drive with a very close family member um, where I counted how many fat phobic comments were made, not toward me. And only one was made toward the general public. Most, mostly it was about herself. Um, I gifted them a copy of Aubrey Gordon's What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat for Christmas. And I'm just like, I can't wait for you to open this for this discussion to happen. It's going to change your life. Yeah, you know, probably. I don't think that they'll actually read it. I don't know that this is going to be a point of engagement, but it was the best 
to be able to gift a book, an incredibly well-written book by an absolute goddess, right? to be able to be like, I'm much like one does with a with a mixtape. I'm going to let someone else's you words need this. Yeah. do the talking because you're not hearing me. And I feel like that book would have changed my entire mm-hmm. life when I was in my teens and 20s. Um, but I think you're right in having this conversation today and that the damage was done so much earlier, so much sooner. And I'm really, I'm really happy with the beginnings uh, that we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. For, youngest for sure. Kids. Yeah, there's a lot to <clears throat> unlearn and unpack. Yeah. As an adult. Although, mm-hmm. and I will tell you, so this episode is going live on Thursday the 5th. Mm-hmm. Monday's episode was my interview with Aubrey. This is all very intentional for beginning yeah. of the year. Trust me. Oh, yeah. The timing is great. Plan. <laughs> and I will notice like not to out you both as uh, Instagram, you know, on your Instagrams, but I highly, highly appreciated that you both shared this stay fat in 2023 graphic. Oh, yeah. I stole that from Jill. Oh, did you? I, wasn't, I, I saw it. Who did I steal it from then? I don't know. Aubrey even Gordon remember. posted it. Oh, it I stole from Aubrey. Yeah. And so I, I saw Aubrey. it on yours, Jill. And then I was like, I'm taking this. And then I saw it on Aubrey's and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it was just one of those things where it was like, as I sit here with, you know, the new year in front of me and for the first time, probably in my entire life, not having a single health related goal. I mean, my goals have shifted in the last few years. It's not body conscious. I am newer to the fat liberation movement. Um, and I, I really do feel like that, that is an age thing for me, that those extra couple of years I have on you and having the boomer parents that I, that I, the specific boomer, boomer parents that I have, I think had a huge impact on me. And so I'm still really, really, really unpacking my own bias yeah. uh, against myself, honestly, Absolutely. Um, is there, but this is the first time because not only am I you know, dismantling this entire structure that's, that I've built within myself, I also can't move right now. So even though I use exercise as a mental health bolster, I have a broken (laughs) So I can't walk or do any of the things where I could kind of trick myself into being like, I'm doing it for my mental health. No, you're doing it for your stupid steps. Like you can't, like I, I literally can't. am held hostage mm-hmm. by my own body and coming to terms with that has been like, these books have all been super helpful. Yeah. yeah. Like just surrounding myself with this literature. I'm like, yep. You know what? Like this is a time of rest and maybe I'm consciously going to stay exactly where I am in 2023. That intentionality is a big deal this year. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Well, let's then, since mm-hmm. we are so much in a better place in literature these days, we have a lot of books. Um, and again, these are aimed at like kids and teens. Um, I'm going to kick us off with one that I think Sydney, you had also shared previously, which was uh, bodies are cool. That was one of my picks too. Oh, I love that book. I love this book so much. It's It's just, just uh, aside from just the messages, which is a great, like the message of this book is the illustrations are. Oh my God. So amazing because it's not even just about like fat bodies. There are 
you know, disabled bodies. There are, I think, indicators that there was like trans bodies. And yes. And just, I love it there, so much. I love it so much. And I love that like every single page is just like shock-a-block with bodies. Like you're not, yes. it's not like one page where you're like, I mean, I think there was like one page where there was folks dancing. So everybody was, you know, everyone was doing the same activity, but there were pages where it was just like, you could not, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting like 10 people who looked like people that you know and love and to the trans bodies comment i'm pretty sure there's a page where it looks like someone had had top surgery top surgery yeah they had armpit hair and i was yes and there's also there's also an ostomy bag in one picture there is um there's different body hair there's uh stretch marks scars um, you know, broken noses, teeth that, you know, <laughs> look different than teeth you've seen before. It is just, it covers a lot of ground. Yeah. Like it, it Yeah. And I, yeah, I thought that was so, so beautifully put together. It was like, and it let the images do the talking. Like I felt like the words were, you know, the repetition, the rhythm, mm-hmm. even the font, like it was a lot of white mm-hmm. Text mm-hmm. on a darker background to kind of fade a little bit to be like, look below, see all these wonderful people. Yeah, that great pick, Jill. Let's love that book. I so I just remember like my sister had bought it for my nephew, um, who was probably like three or four at the time. I don't know. Time has no meaning at some point mm-hmm. in the last two years. Um, and they came over and he wanted to read it. So we were reading it together and he got to a page. I think it's on a subway or a bus or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman presenting person standing there who's fat she's got like a flower crown i think she has oh. reddish pink hair i don't remember mm-hmm. but he just looked at her and he's like she looks like you i'm like oh, oh. my heart we oh, never got those funny. moments no. i know and it was not yeah he's just like hey that looks like my, like my aunt looks like that person in this book that's cool i don't yeah. like oh my god that's Thank amazing you. <laughs> it's like how people with non-traditional names never find like the knickknacks in the like yes uh, well, license uh, like plates at disney shop. or whatever yes. Yes. Yeah, people with different bodies <clears throat> never see themselves reflected in media and i it it, it takes its toll so just it having does someone say that looks like you yeah. is so important yes yeah yes like healing that inner child healing that inner jill who never got to see herself and like what a cool representation <laughs> now as you've like you're like holy yourself I mean kids are who they are obviously but like I really feel like you know that whatever that saying is like oh age is wasted on the young like yes Mm -hmm. to a certain extent but at the same time like I I feel more holy myself at this age than I ever have before and so all representation almost matters more to me now I mean it would have made a huge difference but it's that like can't really go back retrospectively and Mm -hmm. say what would have changed and what would have been different but like it matters so much now to be able to say like this is who I am I don't know right what a good choice um I have one if we want to talk next um because if you look at my notes on my excel spreadsheet I'm a nerd um (laughs) I just wrote starfish and then next to it in all caps, sobbing. I just read this one last week. I finished it last week. I listened to it rather. Oh, oh, that would have been amazing. Oh, amazing. I didn't know when I borrowed it that it was a book in verse. And I'm typically, I read fiction, nonfiction, and verse very differently. So I Mm -hmm. didn't expect to engage with it as a story 
there have been some YA books that have been written in verse that I reacted to and engaged with as poetry. So almost as like subsections and, you know, categorized, I guess, but this read like, yeah. So I, I engage with it as a linear text, which is not typically how I engage with poetry or with verse. And first of all, I learned a new feature on my iPhone guys <laughs> in the notes app, you can scan text. And I actually scanned some text so that I could keep it as a note. Oh, um, nice. And one of the passages that I captured was um, you replay the moment in your mind from every possible angle, trying to understand why, why the rules exist and who, who came up with them and how, how does anyone have the right to tell you how to live just because of your weight? And that was early on, like by the end chapters, I was just a hot mess. What an incredible, incredible book for anyone. It really seemed to bridge the gap between age groups as well mm-hmm. oh my god what did you what did you all think before I talk too much oh I thought the same thing I think it's really interesting that the book has um the main character's mother as her first oh. bully um and her family so <clears throat> her name's Ellie but at at an, a birthday party at an early age she did a cannonball into the pool And everybody made fun of her because she was a chubby little girl and did a cannonball. And that was the first time that it kind of dawned on her that she was different and that she could be made fun of for it. Um, And her family treated her terribly, (laughs) except her father. Except her dad, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's such a good resource for a kid who, you know, until you're 18, it you can't really escape from those voices that are at your yep. own home. And, yep. Yep. Um, you know, whether they think they're doing what's right for you or not, it, it can be very damaging to a kid. So I feel like this book would be really good for a kid who's in that situation who can then, you know, practice positive self-talk and mm-hmm. try their best to set boundaries for their parents and, you know, to um, be happy with who they are. But it was it was a tough read. It was a tough read. I and I think you're right about it being a good example for kids who are going through it. Because the one thing I really appreciated about this book is that it pulled no punches. Yeah, like that mom was a tormentor. She was. And I saw there are actually I'm reading or I have read several books in a row where mom is kind of the villain and mom is really the one pointing out what's happening. I read. 45 pounds more or less same thing with the mom um the other ones oh I started and could not get through taking up space have you guys read that I haven't so it's the same thing mom's kind of the villain but the way it's manifesting is that she refuses to buy enough food so this kid is literally starving yeah and I got through the first couple chapters and was like I need to come I need to come back to this and when mm. I'm when I'm able to to manage it because it was just heartbreaking and these are real stories like yeah. these are real things that happen to real people and I know that sounds naive but again not growing up with books that had this kind of representation in them and I didn't grow up thinking that my family were bullies but these stories come from somewhere. This isn't just like, oh, I'm going to exaggerate terrible things that happen to fat people to make it right. seem harder. Like this girl was going through it and she had a great therapist. Like what yep. a fantastic example of like you 
might not be able to get through this on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, as an adult, some of the things that her therapist told her to do were were pretty useful. Super useful. You know, there were a lot of reminders in there that I was like, oh, I do. I need to remember this. Yep. (laughs) For myself. Yeah. And she was allowed to be angry, which I think was a big deal. And like some of that comes from a place of safety because she was at least privileged enough to have parents that weren't going to kick her out, disown her, abandon her. She had her dad on her side, but like there were moments where she was like really talking back to her mom and letting her know, like, you have damaged me. And I'm like, holy moly, like this is intense. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. And Lisa Phipps is the author. And at the Mm -hmm. end, she has a little um, author's note that that these were based on real experiences yes. that she was it that she experienced or was it that she had talked to others about that they had all I don't remember yeah I think, I think it, it was, was a, a mixture yeah I think you're right I think it was like a, a bunch of different people's experiences um but it was really nice that she kind of said this is not an exaggeration this yeah, happens right this happens every day hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think it's sort of, you know, over on the TikToks, there's the whole like <laughs> almond bomb thing. Oh, and yes. Uh, like the Weight Watchers and just sort of. I have one. <laughs> I have one as well. <laughs> Mine died. Love but, her dearly. Um... <laughs> I love her dearly. Yeah. And she tries, but it it is a general, there is, there is It is a trauma. generational yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and she it... has her reasons. Like she was traumatized, I think, as a kid too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so it's so hard to navigate those relationships when you're a kid and you don't you don't necessarily like have the voice or the confidence to do it. And it's still hard to have those conversations as an adult. Sure is one hundred percent difficult. But I was thinking yes. about yeah, <clears throat> the food thing. I feel like I was talking about this with somebody or I don't even remember, but this idea that like when you're a kid, you can't just go to the grocery store and buy your own food. Right. Like you have to rely on your parents for right. that. And if they're like not buying enough food or if they're on a diet and you're suddenly like forced to be on the same diet, mm-hmm. it's yeah, that's it's a form I, of abuse. Yeah, I mean, I, it's to be realistic. And I've heard many things I've heard, you know, wait, I did. I did not have a Weight Watchers mom, but I had a hippie mom. And so, and I also had a working mom and I also had a mom who was married to someone, not my dad, who was a junk food junkie. And so when I got home from school, 315, 
and my parents worked until, I mean, in my mind, I was like, they worked all o'clock at night. I don't think that's actually <laughs> accurate, right. but it was like, I remember like, I remember a lot of Granny Smith apples, which I love to this day, but that was in a house where there were yeah. bags of Starburst and corn pops. And the I, I have distinct memories of sneaking to the fridge and trying to eat or drink enough to satisfy me, but not enough to be seen. Yep. Also, the word carob is like... <laughs> It's not chocolate. It's not chocolate. It's not chocolate. There are there are foods to this not day that I can't. Eat. It's not even no, a cousin. No, it's chocolate. it's a cruelty. It's a torture device. But yeah, it's it's just that kind of and I'm like, and you know, like you said, Jill, to navigate those conversations, these are people who are doing the best they could. These were right. people who did not were not actively performing any kind of damaging ritual on their children. This is just the best they knew. But like, man, we're best up. <laughs> Yeah, we're undoing I mean, that damage years Millennials later. were raised by moms who were told they were fat. Yep. Yes. No matter. And that that was a terrible it, thing. Yes. Right. And no matter our their moms, size. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I saw a, an internet meme or something that said, um, I don't need therapy. I just need to watch my mom eat an entire meal. <gasps> and that hit savage home. yeah because like through our through a lot of our generation's childhood our moms were surviving on either you know a grilled chicken patty and some steamed veggies or they were doing the adkins diet or they were doing intermittent right. fasting or they were doing i mean it was just endless yeah you yeah. know they had the foreman grill and they had the you know just all the thing weight watchers the points tracker mm-hmm. and all this stuff it was just a non-stop and when you see your mom, who you think looks great, doing this to herself and, and beating herself up over this, you can't, you, you internalize it as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. a, I'm a fat kid from a skinny mom. Ooh. So everyone on my mom's side of the family was thin. My grandmother was very thin. My mom was thin to the point of, she called herself scrawny, which is like mm. such a telling word. Um, very, you know, athletic. And my cousin, who's essentially my sister, is very thin. And like, these are all folks who at least outwardly didn't have to work hard to be thin. And I got my dad's side of the family's genes. My grandmother was very big busted, you know, kind of short, curvy. Um, And then as she got older, she became a fat lady. And so, I mean, I've been fighting my own genetics my entire life. And it really wasn't until recently that I was like, okay, well, these are the things that make sense to me. And, you know, these are the things that I'm no longer trying to fight, but I, so I never really saw my mom doing diets, but I just saw my mom existing mm-hmm. and I heard all the rhetoric. I heard all of the, like, this is bad. This is bad. And I was always just like a little bit bigger, like a size bigger, I would say than other people. And right. like, as we'll talk about, um, cause one of the, one of the books I read far before I knew that this episode was coming out was My Eyes Are Up Here. Oh, Why yeah. Book. Oh, my God, I love that book. <laughs> Any book that's specifically about having a big yep. chest is a is a huge deal for me because that has been like, I was a C cup at 11. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so like that was what that is a burden first. <laughs> yeah. And I've never not had like outsized boobs and so that was like just like navigating that in my family right was bonkers relate to that not not a chance yes not a chance 
that Same. Right. Yeah. Like getting my bra strap snapped when I was in like <sighs> sixth grade. Yeah. 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 Fun you know time. how there are those um, pins that you can wear on your shirt that's like if you're um, so to let trans folks know that you're a safe mm-hmm. place and folks like that. I want a t-shirt that I can wear on airplanes that are like fat people can sit next to me on an airplane. Oh, I love that. Like come <laughs> sit next to me. Like Let's do it. you can press your body up against mine <laughs> and everything will be fine. Like, I don't care how much space you take up. Right. Like we're, we're all welcome smushed. here. We're all right. We're on a freaking airplane. Like we're all like cramped and everything's terrible anyway. Like, let's be friends. <laughs> let's get right. real close. You know? Okay. I'll give up. You want me to give up? Yeah. 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 Go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I also loved beautifully me by Nab- Nabella Noor. Yes. That was on my list. Okay, good. And, and I think that this one is appropriate for what we were talking about because a little girl in the morning before going to school hears every member of her family engaging in negative self-talk and body, you know, shaming. And, you know, she walks into the bathroom and her sister is saying that she was going on a diet to lose weight for her, the day, the school dance. And then she sees her mom um, getting dressed and her mom says that her belly is getting too big and she needs to watch what she's eating. And she gets to the breakfast table and her dad makes a comment about his body. So she kind of inter- thinks about this all day. And when she comes home, she goes to dinner and she says, I, I don't want that. I'm on a diet. And it's not until she says that, you know, the youngest, cutest, littlest member of the family that they all think, where is she getting this from? Right. And, you know, she runs up to her room and she's upset and they all come in and they kind of say, yeah you're right. We, we showed you kind of a bad example and our bodies are so strong and so important and so good. And it doesn't matter if my belly's bigger, it, it, you know, it helps me to, to live my life and to digest mm-hmm. food, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I loved it because I think it's so easy to forget that, you know, little ears are always listening yes. and, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> they, they see what you, they see what you do. My mom used to always say monkey see monkey do. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get it. And, and, and I thought this one was really cute. Yeah. It yeah. was a, it was a succinct message. I think there, I, I'm seeing a lot of that in the slightly older books that I'm reading too, where there's always seems to be a younger sibling who starts demonstrating that behavior. And that's kind of what changes the mom's mind or whoever is kind of bullying in that story. But I love that we get to spend the first few pages with this child, just not understanding, but just literally not understanding that fat is a bad thing in the eyes of other people. And she's brown. She also doesn't understand that that is a bad thing. And she's playing with her friends. And it's like, there's one playground bully. And it's not toward her, it's toward another person. And she, that was, I think, the, the fourth thing that she internalized. And so to to see her go through her day and then slowly get drained by all of the external folks was, yeah, she was so cute. Uh, it's beautifully illustrated. Mm-hmm. It's Ador- absolutely adorable. Yeah. So pretty. It's so pretty. Yeah. Um, that is a good one. Well, speaking of um, younger siblings, this one I have on my list is a graphic novel. I'm still reading it, so I'm not finished yet, but it's called Smaller Sister by Maggie Edkins Willis. Mm. So this is about two sisters, Olivia and Lucy. Olivia is the oldest. And when she's in middle school, uh, trigger warning, she starts to develop anorexia Oof. and her 
and like Lucy is small like the youngest sister and she's a little chubby like that's how she's illustrated and sort of like it's about you know the relationship between these two sisters as they're growing up and their bodies are changing and like navigating middle school and peer pressure and the parents are great in the book like when Olivia starts to exhibit this they get her help but it just reading it and being like oh yeah middle school is rough and (laughs) you start to feel that pressure at that age and then Mm -hmm. but you know as they're getting older Lucy is sort of left not alone but the parents focuses on the older sister because she's the one that needs the help and then Lucy is in the same kind of situation of peer pressure from students and and her friends of like needing to look a certain way or be a certain way and um it's just like that cycle of of continuing but it's I mean again I'm still reading it but it's like it's really lovely just like watching this relationship between the two sisters it's Mm. based on um the author's personal experiences I think she was the younger sister essentially and her older sister had anorexia um and i i yes i'm loving it and that's I love great that. what what is the age group for it's that like middle grade middle grade okay yeah you might have said that that reminds <laughs> me of a ya book that i really liked this year which is how moon fuentes fell in love with the universe by raquel vasquez gilliand um it's about twin sisters mm-hmm. and one of the twin sisters is extremely traditionally beautiful Mm -hmm. she's an instagram influencer and she yes she's like (laughs) super out there she's involved with this like like purity culture that's kind of a front because she doesn't really believe in any of it but she's kind of like pandering i guess a little Mm bit um and her sister moon um is an artist she she's the photographer who does all of these beautiful instagram photo shoots and all of this um and she's always just been kind of in her sister's shadow she's plus size um she's honestly what i kind of loved about this is that she's not really insecure about her size it's kind of just what she is it's just a descriptor um but anyway she goes on this influencer tour with her sister over the course of a summer and she's the merch girl (laughs) and on the tour one of the other influencers brother who is this gorgeous aspiring chef named Santiago um they become enemies at first sight basically it's kind of a pride and prejudice moment where he says something kind of negative about her and she hears it and then you know of course she hates him now but it was kind of a hate to love it was really cute and she has a big body but it's never she's never really it's not dwelled upon there's no mention of you know Mm -hmm. losing weight or anything like that and it it has um it has a little bit of sex in it Mm -hmm. and it's very positive and very body positive and very affirming. And if I were an older teen, this book would have been my jam. I would have loved it. That's awesome. I, I know that there's, you know, we all know what's happening with book banning and censorship and stuff, but I am, I am a strong believer in well represented sex and YA books. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just another way to get information out there in a positive way. And all hail like fat people having good sex. Right. Like, I just feel like one of the most like underrepresented pieces of media we can have 
maybe second only to older people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being able to enjoy themselves and also just being, I was, I've been having this thought a lot recently as I, you know, the majority of folks that I follow on TikTok um, and Instagram, but Instagram was a lot of friends as well. So, you know, it's a pretty diverse group, but almost primarily my TikTok, the, the folks I follow on TikTok are people of color, queer and fat bodied. Yeah. And the one thing that has been striking me this week in particular, as I'm still kind of battling like, oh, beginning of the year, very different, things look different for me, is that there's not a lot of fat, positive, sort of beauty based, not even beauty based necessarily. I just, I see a lot of fat women on TikTok looking amazing and showing off their bodies and just being like, having like the best outfits and like the cutest hair and everything, but they're all 18 to 35. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, where are the old fat women who are out there rocking it? You know what I love? (laughs) You know what I saw, Sydney, over the holidays, there was a weird little blip of a trend where women on TikTok would dress their moms yes, in yes, their outfits. Yes. Yep. And a lot of the moms were fat and they looked so good. They did. So good. <laughs> I want those moms to start yes. their TikTok accounts. We need more of we need more mom content and more yes. grandma content. Yes. And more older fashion content. Yes. Because, yes. yes. Yeah, and, I want I all of those things combined. Agreed. I absolutely agree. Yeah. But I'm loving that like the YA books that are out there are starting to represent the people that are actually existing in this world and right. that it's just shelved with the rest of the content. Cause it's not like yes. the whole idea of like, Oh, here's your, <laughs> here's your table of queer books or here's your table right. of like, whatever it's like, it, it's just books though. Like yeah. we haven't gotten there yet. And we, yeah, we like, should was just a romance. Yes. Yeah. This is just romance. And one of the books that, um, it's really funny because I haven't read it yet. I've been saving it because I am reading something that's dark academia right now, just uh, obviously not for this episode that I didn't want to start another one, but I legitimately borrowed a dark and starless forest just for the, yes. I took a look at it and I was like, I was like, I do. I could not care less what this book is about. I could not care less. I just want to hold it in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I knew exactly what title oh, we were going to go I'm for sure. before you even said it. I was like, oh yeah, she's going for that oh one. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And when I was, when I was like picking out a new book to read last night, it was between that and um, Fat Chance Charlie Vega. And I started Fat Chance Charlie Vega instead because I, I don't know, the cover was just, it was sunny yeah. and you know, yeah. I, yes, sometimes I do pick out my books by the cover. Um, it just okay. felt we like a- do jumping in but I was like yeah I am saving that jewel and like if it doesn't live up to the cover I'm gonna probably give it a pass anyway because it's so well it's just really cool that YA type that YA YA especially but also in in children's books and some some adult books too honestly um just have characters that are just fat and that's not a defining characteristic it's not their entire personality they are not on a weight loss journey they are not they're just themselves and yes. they have full lives. They are a full character. They have romance. They have tragedy. They have everything. Yep. And it's not related to being fat. It's that's just 
Yeah, that's the point. Thank you, Jane, because that is actually the point I was trying to make. I just started, I just opened the book at, or opened the cover and was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful that yes. I forgot that. Yes, that's the point I'm going to make. What I read about this book was that there maybe there's mention of it, but that's not a plot point. Correct. That's not what yeah. we're here for. And so it would just be on the table with the other books of that genre. Yes. Not the fat books. You're exactly right. 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 Which is just yeah. so so good if I was a teen like I've read a lot of romance when I was a teen if I read a romance and it had a fat main character and she was just a character not you know not trying to lose weight not trying to accept herself not trying to do anything that would have been such good representation for me yeah 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 I mean yeah that genre is starting to come around yeah which is awesome to see but yeah I think we have a ways to go still or I might not I mean some of it might just be that I'm not reading the right books yet. My my I know we're mainly talking about YA and um middle grade and juvenile books today, but like with romance, I tend to read a pretty narrow band. It can get too cheesy for me or too, but whatever. Within totally that narrow agree. band, there's a whole gamut of like they kiss and then the door closes. Yep. And um. then there's like super graphic it just kind of depends and so I remember like one of my favorite books of the last couple years was The Love Hypothesis um, which I also love because neurodivergent character that's wonderful but I remember being extremely aware during that very spicy scene which I thought was very well written that there were a lot of jutting hip bones and I was like that's it I'm out of the story which is fine like it didn't have to be about me I'm not that character but I remember thinking like I I am excited to read a book where there's this level of spice and the yeah. description that's happening is all lush curves. Like, yeah, give me that on a platter. So for that, and I know we're not supposed to talk about adult, but I'm going to throw out two okay. things. Yes. Um, a Merry Little Meat Cute. Adorable Did either of you title. read that one yet? No. Is that? No, but is that the one that Julie Murphy? Yes. Wore? Julie yes. Murphy okay. co-wrote it um, with, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. Um, it is about a, um, a fat, um, cam girl. She does like webcam, like Mm -hmm. webcam, uh, Sierra Simone is who she co-wrote this with. Okay. Um, and it is, she ends up getting cast in a traditional movie, like kind of like a Hallmark movie and it is spicy. (laughs) It is very spicy. And never once does she talk about losing weight or dieting or anything like that she is very confident she is very big she is very beautiful and is just completely like okay with her body and then the other ones that I really like are the brown sisters Mm. books yes Mm -hmm. I love those books yes I I love love those those books so much (laughs) great good they're great so those are my two and I don't read a ton of romance either I'm kind of like you Sydney where I have a kind of a narrow yeah yeah also Um, Olivia Dades. If you haven't yes. read like spoiler, okay, yeah, yeah spoiler alert and those are on my list. I need to. They're so good. My next read. They're, They're so great. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's no definitely a, an author with that I I ripped through her entire oeuvre. Um, I do have a couple more. Bring them young young books. Um, again, because I I really had not been reading those in a while. Um, Brontorina which is about uh, a brontosaurus who wants to be a dancer 
but doesn't fit in the studio. (laughs) And it's really cute. It's very like, one of my favorite things about it is that there's a lot of side, it's picture book. There's a lot of side commentary. And so a lot of it is the interaction between the teacher, the dance teacher and the dinosaur. And she's trying to be like, you know, we'd love to have you, but like, you just, you don't fit. And so, you know, she tries and like, she keeps hitting her head on the ceiling or knocking things over the tails, but there's always these kids in the background who are like, and she doesn't have the right shoes. <laughs> it's a Greek <laughs> chorus. Of- <laughs> absolutely cracks me. It's like this theme throughout. And then, um, of course, the the message at the end is like, oh my gosh. And it was so cute because the teacher's like, oh, because they start to to look for other venues to try and fit. And they're like, still Aww. too small. Oh, too small. Oh, still too small. Oh, too small. One of the kids' parents brings her a pair of toe shoes. So, and then the one kid's like, now she has the right shoes. Like, <laughs> Greek chorus. And at the very, close to the very end, because it's called like, yeah, I don't remember, like Miss Julie or whatever, like Miss Julie School of Dance or whatever. And at the end, the teacher is just like, oh, fiddlesticks. This whole time I haven't been thinking right. Like, it's not that, you know, you're too small for the space. The space is too small for you. Not so it becomes right. like Miss Julie's Outdoor School of Dance. And then oh. other dinosaurs are coming up to being like, can I join? So I also wrote in my notes, sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> so sobbing. Cute. Like, it's so so cute like it makes me laugh so it would just like it made me laugh it made me cry it was short it was beautiful um loved that one there are a lot of dance books and I love that Mm -hmm. because I feel like not only is that a great way to show that like (laughs) body size is not an indicator of health it's not an indicator of movement but also because traditional ballet is not typically a space for fatter bodies. Right. And so we have Flora and the Flamingo, which is an amazing picture book because there are no words. Yes. The illustrations are so good. And a flamingo. Everybody's moving. Everybody looks beautiful. And I listened to Hilda Must Be Dancing. Um, Hilda's a hippo. And it's a great audio book because there's a lot of cool noise, a lot of like boom and crash and boom, boom, boom. And the, oh. the narrator does a great job of saying, like, you know, making the noises that a, a little hippo body would yeah. make as they're dancing, <laughs> which is really cute. Um, so I loved I loved both of those a lot. Um, Brontarina in particular was just like. I want to buy that. I want to buy that in Starfish for literally everybody I know. Adorable. Yeah. I read one that's not necessarily about body size, but it's about body hair, yeah. which Ooh, as it. a as a quarter Lebanese child that had a mustache <laughs> when she was like eight, mm-hmm. I would have loved this book. I remember it was like a big day in my life when my mom was like, I will let you bleach your mustache. <laughs> I was like, yes. Rite of passage. <laughs> yes, it was. It was seriously yep. like some people have that like when they get their first period. For me, it yep. was like when I could bleach my mustache. I was like, <laughs> now I'm a woman. Um, and <laughs> that it was called L- Lax Me's Mooch by Shelley Anand. Okay. And it's a little girl who goes to school and she's um, playing animals with kids at recess. And they tell her that she has to be a cat because she has whiskers. And she goes home and she says to her mom, I have a moosh, which is the Hindi word for mustache. And only men are supposed to have that. And her mom says, oh, no, no, no. Women for generations have had this mooch. And they show, you know, historical images through the ages. That's awesome. Um, 
And they show, um, you know, they say sometimes your eyebrow grows together in the middle. And they yep. show Frida Kahlo. Oh, and wonderful. It is the cutest thing. Um, I loved it. It was sweet. It was, it talked about how, you know, your mooch, your mooch pr- protects you. Yep. It keeps you warm. And then the next day she goes to school and she is like, I want to be a tiger because I have these long whiskers. Oh. And then she says to a little, another little girl, she says, you could also be one because you have a mooch too. And the little girl says, no, I don't. And then they go to a mirror and she looks and she goes, oh, I do. I have one too. So then all the kids in the class are like, tr- are proud of their mooch. Oh, that's so um, cute. It was so cute. I, I love loved it too. Cause I feel like anyone who might grow up with that book mm-hmm. and then that person maybe grows up and develops PCOS mm-hmm. which can not only you know encourage hair growth but also can make you a fat person yeah, yeah. or you yep. know a, a person whose body changes over time I think that yeah. could be a really cool like oh this has stuck with me since I read it as a kid yeah also I love the idea that mustaches are cool on everyone. I mean, mustaches are right. just kind of Mus- like inherently cool. I wish yeah. that was like a bigger message. Right. I thought it was okay. adorable. And okay. I also saw the author speak at, I took a, it was either a webinar or a conference or something. And she was so engaging and adorable. And I thought <sighs> I want to be her friend and I want to read her book. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love it when you can like get a little bit of the author's personality and be like, well, that yeah. person and I would have drinks. Yeah, right. For um, sure. Did either of you read Eat Your Heart Out? I think it's Mm-mm. graphic novel. I my note in it is Eat Your Heart Out. Wanted to read, but am terrified of zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I well that that will be one on the TBR list, but I'm gonna let you all read it and tell okay. me how it is. Um the last one I had on my list was that I haven't started and was interested to hear if either of you had was Fat Angie. Mm-mm. No, that okay. has been that one has been on my list for many years and I have not read it. Um, I have heard a lot about it, mm-hmm. but I just never have opened it up. Yeah, it's just been Same. always been on my radar though. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, that's it's like in my my uh, triumvirate of. <laughs> fat books that I want to read next are fat Angie currently reading fat chance, Charlie Vega, and then a dark and starless forest. So kind of like my, my YA triumvirate. Love it. Okay. And we've already kind of mentioned Julie Murphy because we talked about her Mm -hmm. adult book, but I have to say for YA, the dumpling pudding pumpkin top notch. Yeah. Just beautiful books. I know Julie Murphy doesn't need my help publicizing her book, but she <laughs> writes uh, she writes fat characters so beautifully with so yes. much humor and just in such a graceful way that that I just I always recommend her books. And yeah. she also has um a juvenile a juvenile fiction book um a, with a fat character called mm-hmm. Dear Sweet Pea that oh. has been on my list forever. And I think I want to listen to that on audio. That sounds yeah. like a very cute audiobook. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I wrote down a. a the Julie Murphy Oeuvre is what I wrote. Read it yeah. in the past. <laughs> Classic. Like, okay, Classic. great notes. Okay, great there notes is... for myself. But like, that's wonderful that there's yeah. an author out there where you're just like, needs no introduction. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Yep. Which and the Becky Albert Cowley, the Simon versus mm-hmm. the Homo Sapien, that, that whole series has a lot of mm-hmm. good fat representation as well. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about those books. I love those books. Those are like a, 
like a reread something yeah. where every once in a while I just want to like cozy up with something that I've read before and had has filled my heart with joy um when I want like a, a like a snippet I just started um I don't I don't love these titles but uh, <laughs> everybody shines 16 stories about living fabulously fat and I'm like mm-hmm. it's fine it's fine uh you yes. know you, you've got to sell your book um but first of all our queen yet again has an introduction by Aubrey Gorbin, Gordon Gordon oh. which is amazing and it's a great intro too it's just like I'll, I'll I'll let folks listening read it so that you can get you know absorb every every word that she speaks um, but I've read a couple of the stories in there and they're great. It's like, there are prom stories. There are, yeah, just all kinds of, of representation in there. The very first story in the book is, um, uh, a black girl who, uh, is raised by her dad, who is like mm. one of the cutest humans I've ever read in my life. And she's got sort of a stressed out relationship with her sister because she's marrying someone who who the main character thinks is bad luck Uh, and he has to drive her someplace um and so it's just there's a lot of like how however this author packed in so much like good stuff about performing while fat and also uh having an interesting family relationship i don't know how they did but it's amazing Yeah. yeah great book I also had a store, uh, well, a collection. It's not necessarily stories. It's more essays. Um, the other F word. <gasps> yes, I love that one. God about that. And that one is edited by Angie Manfredi, who's a librarian. Yeah. So shout out to her. She works in the Southwest United States. And it has art, illustration, poetry, and essays. And um, contribute the, the contributions can be from, I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. Alex Gino. Renee Watson, Julie Murphy, mm. Jess Baker, who I love Jess uh, Baker, Samantha Irby. Oh, I love um, her. My queen. So th- th- this is a really good one. I think if you're looking for something to give your teen, that's more of kind of like a variety of yeah. things and experiences and more of like a handbook, but with yeah. personal mm-hmm. touches, I think this one would be really cute. Oh, that's awesome. Agreed. You know, they definitely have, they got, they have a star studded cast. that book book is so good yeah (laughs) well thank you oh thank you for coming on i know we could talk for hours you probably i know i'm like let's we might have to do a part two at some point (laughs) anytime um yeah well thank you so much for coming on i'm so happy we got there's a lot we got a lot of books for kids yeah. and teens that deal with all sorts of body image and body positivity and fat bodies and all the good stuff. So hopefully our listeners will have uh, at least one book that they want to read. So yeah. thanks everyone and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. 
I interview changemakers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.